All right, let's take our Bibles and turn to Jonah chapter 4 this morning. Jonah chapter 4. Those of you who were watching online last week, and we'll be doing that again next week, and then Lord willing, having another outdoor service the following week. Um, but uh, those of you who were with us last week saw that we were in Jonah chapter 3, um, looking at this prophet and this amazing story as it fits into the amazing things that are happening around us right now in our community, and in our world. Uh, Jonah, the, uh, the only prophet uh, that Jesus used as an example of himself. Because you know the, the, the main part of the story of Jonah that everybody knows is that Jonah was running away from God, was thrown into the Mediterranean Sea, and a big fish came and swallowed him, and three days later spit him up onto the, onto the shore. Then he went on and did what he was supposed to do. That's the, that's the part that everybody knows. And Jesus referred to that in Matthew chapter 12 as a picture of what he himself was going to do for us. That just as Jonah was three days in the belly of that fish, that he was also going to die. Jesus was going to die and three days later rise again from the dead. And so it's a picture. That part of the story is a picture for us of what our Lord Jesus has done for us. But the second half of the story, chapters 3 and 4, are a great, um, ex- a great statement of God's love for the world. God's love not just for those of us that live here in coming Alpharetta, Canton area, not just those of us who live in Georgia or in the southeast or in the United States of America, but God has great love for everybody all around the world. And in Jonah chapter 3 that we saw last week, we saw the the story of the most amazing awakening that ever took place in the history of the world. It may happen again. It may happen in a greater way um, as, as time approaches the, the end of the times. But up until now, that, that time in Nineveh, when Jonah went through the city, saying that in 40 days, God was going to bring judgment on Nineveh. And then, as the scripture says in Jonah 3, the Ninevites believed God. The Ninevites believed God. The most cruel, the, 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 the most polytheistic, they had, they had so many gods, maybe not the most polytheistic, I think there are some religions now that have more gods than, than they did, but they had many gods. They were completely unlikely candidates to believe God, but they did. And the entire city, over 100,000 people, the entire city repented, turned away from their evil, from their violence, it says, because they were very violent people. They turned away from the evil and from the violence, and they trusted in the God that they believed in that Jonah announced to them. And so Jonah, his response to that great awakening in Nineveh, as so many people, including the king, came to faith in his God, chapter 4 picks up the story. But Jonah was greatly displeased and became angry. Now, some of you are thinking, wait a minute, he, he must have missed a little something. Something bad must have happened after the Ninevites received God. Something bad must have happened for Jonah to be mad. No, the fact that they believed his message, the fact that they repented, that they turned away from their sins, the fact that they believed in God made Jonah mad. We'll see the rest now. He prayed to the Lord, O oh Lord, is this not what I said when I was still at home, back, back in Israel? 
That is why I was so quick to flee to Tarshish. I knew that you were a gracious and compassionate God, slow to anger and abounding in love, a God who relents from sending calamity. Now, O Lord, take away my life, for it is better for me to die than to live. But the Lord replied, Have you any right to be angry? Jonah went out and sat at a place east of the city. There he made himself a shelter, sat in its shade, and waited to see what would happen to the city. Then the Lord God provided a vine and made it grow up over Jonah to give shade for his head and to ease his discomfort. And Jonah was very happy about the vine. But at dawn the next day, God provided a worm which chewed the vine so that it withered. When the sun rose, God provided a scorching east wind, and the sun blazed on Jonah's head so that he grew faint. He wanted to die and said, It would be better for me to die than to live. But God said to Jonah, Do you have a right to be angry about the vine? I do, he said. I am angry enough to die. But the Lord said, You have been concerned over this vine, though you did not tend it or make it grow. It sprang up overnight and died overnight. But Nineveh has more than 120,000 people who cannot tell their right hand from their left, and many cattle as well. Should I not be concerned about that great city? Now, we don't know the rest of the story in terms of if Jonah ever came around. We'll find that out. We're confident that Jonah knows God and that he's in the presence of God now as we are singing Worthy is the Lamb. We're confident that Jonah has been singing that song for hundreds of years, for thousands of years um, in, in the presence of God. But we don't know, we don't know if he ever came around and, and uh, came to appreciate God's grace. And remember what grace is? God's blessings to us at Jesus Christ's expense. He's the one that did what we need to happen for our salvation. And that's exactly what God did for Nineveh in Jonah's day. And Jonah set up camp outside the city, sat there waiting, hoping that on the 40th day, even though they repented, even though they turned to God, he was still hoping because he hated them so much. Because they were such a wicked people, because they had done so much bad stuff to so many people. He knew they deserved judgment and he wanted nothing more than to see that city crumble like Jericho. Like Sodom and Gomorrah, he would have loved to have seen the judgment of God come down on the Ninevites. But they repented. They turned to God. They believed in God. And God took away the judgment. He postponed the judgment because that city was going to become wicked again. And they were going to receive judgment. And you see that in the book of Nahum. But at this time, and for that generation, they believed God. And still Jonah wanted to see them fry. He was so full of hate for that particular group of people that had been so cruel to so many throughout the whole region of Israel. Know anybody like that today? Ever, ever tempted to be like that today? In the climate that we have here in the United States, have you gotten to the point where there is a group of people that you would just love to see fry? 
because you can't stand what they're doing, because you can't stand what they're saying, because you can't stand what they believe. Like Jonah, some of us go back to sort of fleshly attitudes and, and, and start thinking about things just as they're occurring in this temporary world that we're living in. And we forget about the eternal things. We forget about the, the, the plans that God has. We forget about who we are and what God has done for us. And so as we think about people that we don't like, and that's why I had um, Dan read the passage from the, the uh, woman at the well. That, that was part of that, that woman at the well story. Because the woman at the well was a representative of people that by and large the Jewish people didn't like. They despised them. And Jesus was helping them overcome that, that attitude by reaching out to that particular woman and her town, a, a town full of people that his disciples despised. And he said there's coming a time when God is, is going to raise up t- together a, a group of worshipers who are going to worship him in spirit and in truth. And it's going to include some Samaritans, and it's going to include some Ninevites, and it's going to include some Americans, and it's going to include fill in the blank of whatever kind of people that you don't care for so much. It's going to include some of them because all of them are people that God has made. All of them were made for the same reason that we were made. That we would be worshipers of Almighty God. That we would believe in Him through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, He went to great lengths to bring us out of our condemnation. To bring us out of what we deserve, each one of us. Because God's Word is very clear. The Ninevites had sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. They deserved judgment. They deserve their city to be destroyed, and they deserve to die and spend eternity separated from God. But because they believed God, because they believed in his love, because they believed in the provision of salvation that he was going to bring in his Messiah, Jesus Christ, those people, as wicked, as awful as they had been, those people were saved. Those people could expect at the end of their lives they were going to be spending eternity with Almighty God, not because they were so good, they were wicked, cruel people, but because they believed in God, because they believed in His provision. And God is doing that same thing throughout the world today, including what we're hoping for and praying for that He'll do in our country in an amazing way during this crazy time that we're living in. And I'll encourage you again, as I've been encouraging you for weeks now, Let's make sure that we're a part of the team of God's people that are praying for the people in this country who do not love him, who do not know him, who do not respect him, who do not honor him, that we would pray for them that there would be a great awakening, just as there was in Nineveh, that there would be a great awakening in our own nation, in our own city, in our own town, that they would also believe in God. Pick your least favorite of all the people that are involved in all of this stuff that's going on right now and pray for them. Because they're no, they're no different than the Ninevites. And the Ninevites are no different than we are. 
People that are made in the image of God, made to be worshipers in spirit and in truth, made to be people who recognize who he is and what he's done, and to give him praise and honor and glory for the rest of their lives. You see, that's what God's looking for. That's what he did in Nineveh. That's what he's done in other places and in in smaller ways. He's done that here in the United States of America. We've had periods of time in our country in some very big crisis times, crisis times, where many, many thousands of people have come to faith in Christ. And we can see that same thing happen again today. But we need to be the ones, and we're not alone. There are other people just like us, maybe meeting in parking lots, some meeting back in their church buildings, some just doing online, whatever the case may be. And it's not just in the United States. It's all around the world. Everybody's involved in this crisis. And God is raising up people like us to pray during this time when people's hearts might be a little bit more in tune to strange things, might be a little bit more in tune to judgment, might be a little bit more in tune to confusion. All this kind of stuff that's going on in their hearts might make them a little more prone to listen to the message of the gospel, as peculiar as it is. Because remember, it's a very strange story. The story of Jonah is a very strange one. Very hard for some people to believe. In fact, some people say that, that there's no way that happened. There's no way that Jonah survived you know, being eaten by a fish, and there's no way that, that a city like Nineveh ever repented and came to Jesus and all that kind of thing. There are a lot of people who say those kind of things. But I want you to know, Jesus making the statement that he did about Jonah is all that we need to know that what took place in the book of Jonah took place in history. And the fact that Jonah's personal story is not a very shining one is another great example of of why we believe that all of the Bible, Old and New Testaments, are true. Jonah certainly is not a heroic type character, or he would have been if after he led Nineveh to salvation that he wrote his book and all that kind of stuff and and, and went on a tour and, and, and... you know, became a rock star. Yeah, we, we believe that if somebody would write a story like that, but not a story like this. Where after such great success, he was ready to kill himself. He was suicidal. He said, God, take me out. I'm sick of this. I'm tired of this. I knew this was going to happen. What a baby. And what a picture of us sometimes. And so we know in God's word, he's, he, he gives it all to us. He gives the story of Israel, the story of God's people, the way that, that he was preparing to bring a Savior through that, that group of people. He brings it all, warts and all. He, he lets us see all the ugly side of things because it's real people learning how to follow God. And we're doing the same thing today, but we have a little bit of advantage because today, when we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, when we receive Jesus, as the Apostle John put it, in John 1.12, when he was acknowledging the fact that most people, like today, most people don't receive Jesus. He said, but to those who received him, to those who believed on his name, he gave the right to become children of God. And as he makes us a child of God, he gives us his Holy Spirit to live in us, to change us, so that we will have the same attitude about the people of this world that he has. So that we will no longer look at people like Jonah does or like politicians do. That we will not look at people for what they can do for us. But we will look at people for who they are under God. 
as his creation. You know, we live, we live around people, lots of great people, but most of the people even that we live around never acknowledge God. They never take five minutes to stop and say, thank you, God, for what you've done. We're thankful that we have this opportunity, that we're among those who recognize that God has done great things for us. We recognize, unlike Jonah, we recognize that God put these trees together so that on a hot August morning in 2020, we'd be able to enjoy the shade of it. And, if, and, if, and by the way, if that shade moves and you end up in the sun, feel free to move. Uh, we don't want you to get roasted like Jonah and, and become suicidal. Um, see, we're not like that. He's changed us. He's given us a heart. He's given us eyes to see so that we can give him thanks for the things that he's done for us. And that's what he desires for every car that drives down this road. That's what he desires for everybody in our neighborhoods. That's what he desires for the people in our schools. That's what he desires for the people around the world, even in the countries filled with people that we're not so crazy about because of things that they've done over the years. Even for people that are politically different than we might be. There's a time for us to forget about politics and to see people as they really are. People who are loved by God, made by God, that they might also worship him. And we have the opportunity not to sit by the not to sit out to the east of the city hoping for judgment to come on him because he hates them. But we're the kind of folks that can sit out east of the city and pray for the city that they will turn, that they, like the Ninevites, will believe in God, that they, like us, who have put our trust in Jesus Christ, will believe in God and become the worshipers that he's looking for. I was so excited to hear Mark's report this morning on what the youth are doing on Wednesday nights. In, in, in being in touch with people who are spending their lives reaching out to people that are difficult to reach. I heard about one of, the, one of the youth from Wednesday night started making contact with our newest mission family that's reaching out to, a, to an unreached um, First Nations tribe up in northern Ontario, up where it's really cold most of the time. And I was just thinking, thinking about how difficult it would be for them to start that ministry right now with COVID-19 and all the other problems that are going on around North America. And to think that our youth are learning the importance of supporting people that are doing those hard and difficult things, even while we're facing our own difficulties here, but not forgetting about the fact that God loves people besides just us. And that's an opportunity for each of us to be involved as we pray, as we give, and as we have the opportunity, hopefully in the near future, to go again to some of these places. So thankful that Sam, our son Sam, is back um, from Florida because he's unable to travel right now around the world, but he's still involved. Some of you got his newsletter or, or read it, on the, or read it in the, in the, uh, on the website that even with COVID going on and all the difficulties of travel and all those kind of things, there was still a, a project in Kenya recently where deaf people translated eight chapters of the, of the Gospel of Luke into their sign language. That's still going on, even in the middle of all these kinds of things. Because, see, God is still looking for worshipers. Not just here, but all 
around the world. And he's doing it through people just like us. So let's not be like Jonah. And I'm not accusing any of you of having those attitudes. But let's not be like him. Let's not fall into that trap. Let's not fall into that self-centeredness, that, that nationalistic you know, kind of idea, even within Christianity. Let's, as Mark mentioned this morning, let's be world Christians. Let's remember that God loves the world. And he sent his son Jesus to die for every single one of us, that everyone who believes in him, not everybody who's good enough, none of us are, but every one of us who believe in him would not perish, but have everlasting life, just like the Ninevites. Let's bow together in prayer. Our Heavenly Father, we want to give you thanks this morning for this beautiful day. Again, we thank you for the hard work that so many people have put into us being able to be out here this morning. But none of us did as much as you've done. You put this hill here. You put these trees here. You've made this a glorious place for us to worship you. And we thank you more than for the place. We thank you for the hearts that you've given us, for the minds that you've given us, to use our lives to worship you, to praise you, to honor you. We pray for any who are here this morning or, or watching with us on, on our li- online who don't know you yet, who are still like the Ninevites, who spiritually don't know their right from their left, still don't understand how much you love us and, and, and how much you've done for us through your son Jesus. We pray that you would work in their hearts, that you would draw them as only you can do it. That you would draw them to faith in your son Jesus, that they would believe in him that they would turn away from everything else that they've ever trusted in, everything else they've ever tried, and that they would believe in Jesus, that he's enough for them, that his coming and living a perfect life and dying on the cross as a perfect sacrifice, that his resurrection from the dead proves who he is and gives him that position and that opportunity to send his Holy Spirit to live in every single one of us who believe. Father, help them to believe in Jesus this morning, to put their trust in him and to receive from him the same gift that the Ninevites received, salvation, eternal life in your glory. And Father, we pray that you would be at work in our own hearts, reminding us of the special position that we have to share Jesus Christ with those around us and that we're in this wonderful position as your royal priests, to be ones who pray for the people of our country and of our world, that you would bring, as you did in Nineveh, that you would bring a great awakening that thousands, that hundreds of thousands, that millions of people would put their trust in Jesus, your son, and be the worshipers that you made them, that you created them, that you gave them life to be. And Father, we pray that you would be glorified as we live our lives for that purpose. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.